Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. This is the Canna Mom Show with Joyce and Amy, a podcast where we are sharing the inspiring stories of the real women in the emerging cannabis industry. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, political activist, lawyer, and I've been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, and along with my Canna sister, mom, realtor, cancer survivor, Amy Searles, we are on a mission to empower women-centered cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. So go make a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint and come learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce and Amy. Welcome to another The Cannamom Show. Let's just dig right into it. It's a beautiful spring day out here in Boston and... um. I'm looking forward to talking to our next guest. So I met today's guest's boss last year at my former media group, and he's a pretty hard guy to forget. We can talk about Rocco later. (laughs) (laughs) You really did meet him. (laughs) I really did meet him. And I met today's guest at an event in Worcester soon afterwards. She is a national consultant in a compliance and risk management and serves as the chief execution officer, CXO, for the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA, a nonprofit that provides innovative risk management and insurance solutions to businesses in the cannabis industry. Today's guest also retains her role as president of the Cincinnati-based consulting firm, The Regal Group, where she and her team offer solutions in business strategy, sales and marketing, and business development for existing businesses, startups, and acquisitions. 
In addition, she is a certified talent optimization consultant and specializes in helping organizations align business strategy with their people strategy by creating high-performance teams to drive business results. She is a published author and speaker in her areas of expertise. So please welcome to the Canamum Show, Tamala McBath. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. Welcome. So before we jump into your story, let's do a little check-in with each other. I know Amy can't be here today, but Dave, what's going out there in podcast land? Things are still going well here at the virtual Pod 617 studios. On the verge, maybe, of opening the physical facility up pretty soon. And it was, yes, and it was my son Adrian's 22nd birthday on Sunday, and uh, his mom, my ex-wife, did a drive-around thing for him where she drove around to a bunch of different mm-hmm. people. So she runs a tight ship, so I only got four minutes to spend with them. <laughs> but but what I did was I opened up my garage and I had a virtual like Disney World ride for him. I had a projector and he oh. sat there oh, and, and, his, and he, cool. he sat there and he was he was giddy. Uh, Adrian has autism, uh, T- Tamla, you didn't know that. but so uh, <laughs> And he missed a Disney trip because of the COVID. Um, with oh, the- Dave, that is so sweet. Yeah. That's so nice. But he got a real kick out of it. So, yep. I would How too. Thoughtful. That's great. That's great. Well, happy birthday to him. Yep, yes, thank happy you. birthday. And I went to my, so my brother-in-law turned 70 yesterday. So my sister had a virtual birthday party and magic, a theme, magic theme called Hogwarts or Morty's going to Hogwarts. Nice. And she has, they are, they're one of these weird complicated relationships. Their friends have a son <laughs> who is a magician who is now the head musician or magician mm. at the um the harry potter musical in new york oh wow the guy who teaches everyone how to do the magic the tricks. tricks yeah wow so we had a zoom call with him last night he was part of the entertainment for his birthday party and they're like i don't know there were like 60 of us on there and he did a like um some like visual tricks he did a card trick with us and like showed us how to do it so it was so fun that's cool oh 60 man. 60 people on the call so, wow. yeah, they were like wow. it was like 40 zoom people but a lot of them are couples and mm-hmm. kids and like his and people from all over the country like he's got a lot of family on the west coast and his niece could be there and her niece just his niece just had a baby so we could all see like we could all see the baby you know oh. <laughs> and my mom great. figured out how to get on it was fun excellent Sounds love like it fun that Sounds is like fun the new era. All right. But let's talk about you, Tamala. My God. Sure. You guys have been having so much fun. I'm a little <laughs> jealous, but I did have an excellent um, anniversary celebration on Friday night. So I, we were supposed to be in Paris. So oh, my husband, husband had, how many years? How many years? We were, we've been married for five years. So what he had have? a... He had a lot, thank you. He had a lot of making up to do to to turn Cincinnati into Paris, you know, but, (laughs) but he did great. He did great. And, and good jewelry always works, right? Jewelry's key. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not even a question. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's just kind of jump into your professional. And I talk about the professionalism of this industry and how important it is to have this, this level of professionalism. And I find that the women are bringing it. So here you are. Um, And risk management, this is a big issue in terms of the business of cannabis, which, you know, people think it's fun and you smoke and you do these things. And we do talk about, you know, the events, but the, the risk management in this area is so important and it's so hard to find. So can you just sort of talk about what your mission is and how, and what you're trying to do in the cannabis space with NCRMA, which you can say the name again, if you want. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. 
the NCRMA, the mission is really simple, is to make our members better. And we feel we can do that through education and support and expertise. And so how we bring that together really is, I, I would say it's simple, but in a way it um, changes because we find there's no cookie cutter way to do this. No, and all the businesses are so different, you know. You yes, know, they all are. Exactly. Exactly. So if you look from the beginning of the vertical to the end, but even, you know, I like to say seed to consumer as opposed to seed to sale. Yeah. Good idea. That's a nicer because it's come to us. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's really about the experience, right? So no matter what end of this, of the plant that you're on, it's really about the experience. And um, I feel like that that's uh, an important way for us to look at it, more of a global way to look at it instead of uh, look at having a confined approach to it. So, what do you, so, so in terms of your businesses, what kind of business, I mean, I know this and you know this, what kind of businesses are you working with? And what kind of people are coming to you and what are they, you know, get, what are they getting from this organization? How are they connecting with each other? So we find it from all across, you know, um, the vertical and, and um, just learning too, that there are a lot of ancillary type businesses that um, we tend to see. So you'll have your traditional growers and cultivators and dispensaries. Mm -hmm. But in the last few um, appearances that I've had or in um, events that I've been a part of with, especially with women, I've had recruiters, I've had, Mm -hmm. um, uh, of course, attorneys and, and accountants and a lot of different professionals that are coming in to the industry and trying to find their place as well. So, which is what we I, talk about on the show. That this is such a yeah. great. Again, I'm a you know I'm a middle aged woman. This was a re entry for me. So am I. Thank you. Yeah, that, <laughs> you're <like>, good. <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um, you know, so and I and I am one of those women who's been in and out of the workforce. I cannabis is something new. My whole personal stories. I got into this because I imploding and everything else professionally and I thought <laughs> this is new and I can get into this and we're starting at the ground level, you know, and it's a good place for women like us. I mean, I, I think that you seem to have a different kind of career trajectory, but, uh, you know, I've been in another workforce. I have a lot of education. My kids are grown. They should have mm-hmm. been gone, but now they're back. But, you know, <laughs> I am this person and, you know, this is a good place for us to be because we're all making the new rules, you know? It yeah. is, it is. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And for me, I found there's a lot of synergies between mm-hmm. what I did. I have 30 years in healthcare operations, and I still okay. do some of that from the acquisition side. But there's so many synergies to me between healthcare and um, cannabis. Yes. I mean, and, we talk about wellness. It's a wellness industry. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And there's also a solid consumer. And a lot of that consumerism now is based on need. Right. You know, and so I think from a risk perspective, I think that it's important that we're able to make things safe for the consumer. And so that's my that's yeah. my passion around risk management and cannabis. So yeah, so like I mean, there's all sorts of levels of risk management. Like, what are you talking when you're talking about risk management? What are you talking about exactly? Well, when we talk about it from an insurance perspective, mm-hmm. then we're talking about how to sustain a strong business and a viable business and how to be able to anticipate the pitfalls, anticipate um, issues that could arise that would cause business interruption. Mm -hmm. But also we're talking about defensibility too as well. So if something does happen, 
do you have um, the business governance and the policy and procedure and the standard operating procedures in place to protect yourself? And how do you learn to do that? So I think now bringing that into an industry that's really been like, oh, yeah, hey, we're here. and It's cool. <laughs> and we enjoy ourselves. And we have a lot of fun. You know, I'm the person that sucks the fun out of everything. When yeah. I say things like <laughs> risk and compliance, they're like, no. <laughs> but it, but it, it is a very hard, we talk about this. It's a hard transition, especially like a place um, like California is the example I use a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, it, they had... It, they had a cannabis industry there forever, you know? Yes, but the, yes. But the people who were trying to transition from the old industry to the new industry found it very, very difficult because of the regulations, because of right. the oversight. But on the other end, the consumer, we want the oversight. We want to know where this is coming from. So yes, there's, a, there's yes. a mismatch there. And it's very hard. I can see how hard it is for people. And yeah, and when you bring it up at first, you know, it's it's almost I think initially you feel the people feel like, oh, we really don't need that. But then as you talk about it more, we find that the members are going, Can you help us with this? You know, how what should we do in this area? And especially a lot of the new entrepreneur entrepreneurs coming on. It's a common theme that they're more about um how they can garner the resources that they need because, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a poor practice to only learn by experience. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is, I mean, but again, it's like, I say, every, we, there's everything in the cannabis business world that everyone else has, except it's special because of the banking regulations and the illegality. Right. Of it. <laughs> right. Right. So you, it, have to be, it has to be very specialized and you have to really have people who understand what they're doing or you can get in a lot of trouble and lose your licenses. Exactly. And so right. that's the thing for me when you look at it, you're talking, when you ask about different types of risk, mm -hmm. you know, when you see people going into um, an industry that they may not have that background, the last thing you want to see is people like some of the women that we know, they've invested, you know, their life savings and mm -hmm. a lot of money in it. And you just don't want to see them blow it or lose it if we could help prevent it. So Joyce, sorry to jump in here, but our uh, guest Tamala has now quieted her dog. So I think we have peace and quiet for now. Lovely dog, okay, but so we, we didn't want to hear from the dog necessarily. Adorable dog, but we're just, right. we did No one knew where the dog noise was coming from. We thought it was Amy's dog, but <laughs> Amy's not here. So hi, hi Tamala. All right, let's just talk about, um. so that's NCRMA. That's a risk management. You have a lot more to talk about. You want to learn about it. And how, actually, maybe how do you know Rocco? And do you want to describe Rocco? <laughs> No. <laughs> Is there a description for Rocco? Just uh, bigger than life. How bigger about than that? life. He's bigger a bigger than, than life, life personality. Yep. Yes, yes, he does. And so you always know when he's in a room. And if not, it, pretty soon you will if you don't know immediately. But um, I met Rocco because we both were working in the talent optimization space. All right. And well, so that's we, where I want to go next. So that's we happened good. to be at a meeting okay. in Boston. Uh -huh. And um, we were there and um, met each other just happened to meet each other and introduced uh, one another, introduced by someone else to each other. And then we started talking about risk. And he said, oh, you're in risk. And so that led to another conversation. Okay. That was uh, a little over a year ago. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I went and met him. All right, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so talent yeah. optimization consultant. I don't even know what that is. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> I've been sure. in the real business world for a very long time, so I live in my own little space. So. Sure. <laughs> you know, we create names, you know, yeah. uh, new names all the time. But really what talent optimization is, is it's not just acquisition, but it's more about um, retention from a way of looking at um, – 
right people in right roles mm-hmm. and how a person's drives will affect the, how they perform in the workplace and the type of workplace they thrive in. And um, it looks at behaviors and needs. We look nice. at behaviors and needs of an employee as opposed to just what we call in healthcare having someone that can fog a mirror, <laughs> getting, okay. beyond, getting beyond the warm body, okay. you know, yeah, and, yeah, needs, yeah. and making sure that we drill down a little bit further and look at and look at needs and behaviors, but also uh, the right fit for someone in a role. So it's really more by design. So it gets us into the culture of an organization, right. and it also gets you into. Um, not just management of processes, but leadership styles, and then how people thrive in those areas, um, which leads to engagement. And so when engagement is up, productivity is up, and return on investment is up for uh, companies. And um, I'm doing actually doing a uh, segment on talent optimization for Hedy Vermont in a couple of weeks. I know. I saw your name there. Oh, okay. (laughs) But you know, I got, I get a lot of questions all the time, Mm -hmm. especially from our uh, female owned businesses. And um, so it's something, the topic I love to talk about because, Hey, we're getting ready to go into a time where we have um, a larger pool of candidates and as uh, wise business owners, we need to take the time to make sure we try to get the right person in so, those roles. Um, so just, I don't know, tricks and trades, like what kind of things are you talking about? I mean, I, I will say, again, mm-hmm. I'm a middle-aged woman with a ridiculous amount of education. I've been in and out of the workforce. I end up in cannabis because I couldn't figure out how to get another job. <laughs> and, that, and that whole thing that it was like hard to figure out where I fit in. I think that's the truth yeah. of it. Like I didn't. I, you know what I mean? Like, I find that fascinating. You're going to find something, you know, not by how I look or how I talk, but like what my drives are. And right. I will say I used to practice divorce law, which oh, I never okay. joke about because it's not funny. No. Nope. But when I did a test to figure out a personality, like what uh-huh. I'd be good for, uh-huh. she literally told me I couldn't have designed anything worse for my personality than really? divorce attorney. <laughs> Oh, wow, Joyce, really? So but you know, a lot of us do that because we might oh, yeah. go into profession that our parents were in, you know, or we look at it or we could have been pressured into an area or felt like that was the expectation and you get in it for 10 years and you're like, shoot me. I don't yeah. even like what I'm doing. But I mean, I think that's common in lawyers. I don't know, Dave, you can pipe in here. You know a lot of lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> very, well, yeah. It's the biggest complaint of lawyers, I think, is career satisfaction. And I think a lot of that, and, and Tamala, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, are just miscon- mm-hmm. misconceptions. You know, I went, I enrolled in law school right around the time when the TV show LA Law was very uh, popular. Oh, yeah. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed very glamorous. It seemed like you get to make these impassioned arguments every day. And when the reality is, is often something different. So, um, yeah, so I, I headed for the hills, but you must see that a lot. Exactly. And I think, um, and I probably, so Dave, I've been in, in healthcare for all these years. So that's probably the same feeling I get when you see all of the, see the medical shows and all of the passion around the um, ER and all of that sort of thing when those are out. Well, then you work in the nitty gritty and find out you know, that that's not exactly how it really goes every day, (laughs) but we do feel good about what we do at times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when we look at it, so you were asking about the tricks of the trade a little bit earlier, Joyce, we use um, a behavioral assessment, not, you know, the personality assessment's really crowded. You could take them all over the place. But when we look at behavioral assessments, then we're looking at, once again, as I said earlier, the needs of an employee and the drives behind those needs. And so it's really about how you're hardwired. Right. So that if I looked at Dave's assessment or looked at your assessment 
and then put that, um, juxtapose that with a job mm-hmm. assessment, then I might be able to say the same thing. Wow, Joyce, you, you know, you're really not wired for this type of environment, work environment. You're more wired for something where you can be creative and where uh, you can be um, not uh, confined or free. My, my husband says I can't work with it. He says I'm not manageable. Exactly. Okay. No, I didn't say that. I, did I? Was that? Did I sound like I was trying to avoid? No, no, no. That? I, I understand. Independent that. is a much better way to say that, isn't it? But you may value your how you value your decisions, how much collaboration you need in an environment, how much stability you need in an environment. Yeah. We can, we can, yeah. your assessments see that now very quickly through scientific data, and we take that data to make decisions. And, then, and again, I say, I want to build this as a business that I want to do it the right way. I want to make sure people mm-hmm. are, you know, doing, uh, can contribute what they can and not exactly. asking them to give what they can't. Exactly. You know? And I think that that's, it's, and again, I say this just because I'm a mom. I think when I became a mom, the whole caregiving thing kind of changes your brain. Yep. You know, it just, you know, I have this, um, I think women use power differently. That's just my bottom line. We yeah. do. We yeah. do. And we learn that through those experiences. But you also know, we know from a business perspective that misfires or mishires cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And, and when we start, exactly. When we start <laughs> drilling that down, well, we lose productivity. Yeah. Because having yeah, the true. wrong person in a role. So not only is it filling that position, it's the productivity that you lose before you know, during and after until you get somebody else up to speed. Tamla, what do you think that, where, when do you think typically the mistake is made? Is it typically because employers look at people on paper and are, and are sort of seduced by the, the pedigree and don't realize they'd have the personality? Or is there another thing that tends to happen that puts that when things go awry? I think that's a good point, David, because a lot of times we hire for what we call the briefcase. Yeah. We hire for the resume and the school they went to and what they bring to bear, but we might be um, unknowingly putting them in a situation that they can't thrive in, even though they have the briefcase. So we also have to look at, you know, the thought processes, the heart, the passion around that. So I think you have to look at the whole picture. So I think we usually make the mistake by what I call, you know, most, most businesses, we hire fast and fire slow. Mm. oh yeah we're we're quick to fill that position and then we suffer through it you know before we make a decision to make the change so I think that's one of the things and a lot of times we feel like if we've got to make an assessment or when we make assessments before we hire that it's going to slow down the process and it doesn't necessarily do that any longer it doesn't slow the process down So so when you're doing your hiring do you like um do you actually assign tasks or do you assign do you talk it's the way you talk to them that's different in this sort of environment I think what we do, we have um, three solutions in those area in that area. So we do a behavioral assessment. We also prepare what's called a job assessment or a match. And then we also have the opportunity to use cognitive assessments. So our cognitive assessment is not about IQ. It's, it's not about how smart a person is. It's really more like um, from an aptitude perspective. So think about the, a sponge. So if you have a large sponge and that's IQ, think about how quickly that sponge absorbs. That's what we assess uh, from a cognitive perspective. Well, why is that important now? Because when we fill positions, we need to know how quickly somebody's going to be able to get up to speed and be productive. Because now resumes are a little skinnier than they used to be. You know, you don't have these 10, 20 year 
um, at the same job so you can right. you know see performance. I think resumes are skinnier, so we need to be able to make better decisions based on less information. That's all right. So tell um, my list. Actually, this will be after it. So you can tell what it, you. <laughs> this, this, so it won't do any good. But so it's going to. Teddy Vermont is having you do a um, a live webinar. Is that what you're doing? Yes, we're doing a live webinar um, every Friday. We started this past Friday. We have another one um, that's on scaling up and investing uh, from an access to capital perspective. Uh -huh. We just had one on marketing and brand management from a scaling perspective. And now I'll be talking about talent optimization and scaling your business. And how did you get connected with them? So the three of us were on the panel in April for the uh, Women's Summit. Oh, I, yeah, I saw, yeah, yep. And I so when that, yeah, got yeah. when that got canceled, we did the virtual one. But we just went back to um, Kathy, as you know, she's awesome. Uh -huh. we went back she was a guest. Yeah. 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 Awesome. She's yeah, great. Yeah. Tell her I said that. Yeah. Um, so we <laughs> well, went back to her and just said, Hey, we would love to come back in and, and be able to speak to some of the people that may not have gotten their questions answered. So we sort of extended the conversation is what we call it. It's like a meetup. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think, I mean, it's been interesting. I've been invited to a lot of different things, especially, um, they're calling them like speed dating. Yes, things. that's sort of how that is blitzer. Mm -hmm. But I've been, you know, I, I'm focused on the women. That's really my, MO, yep. But I have been reached out by other organizations just to, you know, there's a, there's a lot of men in this business, you know. Really? So, no. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Tamla, I don't know if you've met any of them. I met a couple. No, they're out there. Lot. Whatever. There's so I've been, yeah. I've been invited to a couple of those too, but, but same I here. think the women's are much better. Much same better. Here. Yeah, I think the, um, the information has been great. And I love seeing and hearing the different perspectives, just like yours, on why you got into this industry. Yeah, yeah. So Very let's... Nice. um. So we did look at that. Let's talk about your own personal cannabis, how it works with your family, the issues you've had, why you are, why you're involved with cannabis. You know, everyone seems to have, there's a journey. It's mm -hmm. always a journey to cannabis. There is. <laughs> there is. So if you want to start with your journey, um, I mean, obviously you are a high level professional woman. Uh, you're in this industry and you're giving your talents to this industry. So mm -hmm. we're grateful. But how did you get here? Well, thank you for that, Joyce. But my team sort of laughed because we were talking about this interview. And um, Andrea said, oh, well, Joyce wants to know if it's okay if she asks you about your experience in cannabis. And I said, did you tell her that it's going to be a really short interview if we're talking about my <laughs> personal use? Nobody's going to be intrigued by that. But no, so I think I said earlier, I've been a healthcare professional uh, all of my career. So guess what? You had to pass drug tests all the time. So it right. just wasn't a risk that I could take. Um, so from a personal standpoint, it has been a journey uh, now for me to um, embracing uh, the positives around medical marijuana for myself uh -huh. for, from that perspective. But that's actually how I got involved is uh, <clears throat> many years ago, I um, let's say this first choice, yep. I lost both my parents to cancer Sorry. And I watched them suffer through that process, knowing there had to be a better way. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, a mentor of mine in uh, healthcare, she went through uh, cancer bouts twice. Actually, she's a survivor. And um, she used mar medical marijuana to be able to help through the process with the nausea and that sort of thing. And right. so that was my personal journey with her as a friend as she went uh, through that and and just really seeing the difference. It is amazing and, uh, when you see it, right? Oh my gosh, yes. It was amazing, especially after losing my mother to breast cancer. She was only 44. Oh, she's so young, my God. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. And so as I, as I went down that journey, I always had a very open mind 
as far as that was concerned. Um, even though I did not use recreationally, I really supported that process for people so that they didn't have to suffer. And um, I happened to have a nephew who had, a, he has a uh, digestive disorder and a uh, young man top in his class, a student, top in his graduating class in college. He's a uh, counselor in counseling. And he would present at the hospital in severe pain. And they hadn't been able to diagnose and figure out what was going on with him. But because he had cannabis in his system, which he was self-treating, the nausea. Right, of course. They would discharge him on on um they would actually discount him first and just put him in a, a category you know we talk about you know we won't even go down the social equity path but right. put him in a category and say because he had um tested positive for marijuana they would just discharge him home in pain and they yeah. might they might give him um something to take po or by mouth so if you have that kind of issue you can't take medication for pain by mouth Right. And so I had gone through that with him. And I remember one night in the middle of the night, he called me and said, Auntie, I really, I just need some help. And I'm not sure what to do. He was in a bathtub. He was in a bathtub of warm water trying to get some relief. Oh. And um, I got him, I called a couple of my physician friends. I got him to a teaching hospital. As soon as he got there to the hospital, I, I showed up because I had worked for uh, that hospital system and I had a meeting with those physicians. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you discharge him without treating him and getting to the root of the matter, it's called an unsafe discharge and we will move forward with it. But he had an advocate. So right. many people, Joyce, well, don't that, have an advocate. Exactly. And I say this, so like I used to be a, I used to work with, um, yeah. I used to work with homeless families. That was my original job. Oh, that's, why, wow. that's why I went to law school. But anyway, okay. but I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a white Jewish woman. I would I walk know. in like yes. in my heels and be like, I am protecting them. Well, I'll tell you, my, my <laughs> other mother don't is have Jewish. That. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> I have two. Right, I have so a, <laughs> yes, yes. And I have a black mother and a Jewish mother, and I call myself a guilty overachiever. But I will put my heels on and protect you too, Joyce. So, you know how that goes. <laughs> but again. So many people do. And you're sick. You're in the hospital. You don't feel good. How are you supposed to advocate for yourself? It's yes. Insane. And he was, he, and <laughs> in his early twenties, he is writhing in pain in a hospital bed with us trying to comfort him. And the doctor's just going, and you could see him when they get the test back and go, oh, of and course. I was like, oh, hell no, we're going to get to the bottom. And he ended up getting to a specialist in a hospital and they were able to discover but he had to travel for it, what the issue was, and then he was able to get adequate treatment. But no one should suffer in pain because of, you know, because they try to medicate themselves in, in that way at it's this so, at this day and time. That should not happen. And, and, and it's just, it, honestly, I think it shows the ignorance of doctors. Doesn't it? Point. It just Doesn't shows it? literally the ignorance of doctors who are not willing to accept this and talk about the endocannabinoid system. Just because exactly. you didn't learn it in med school doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 91% of med schools do not teach it in their curriculum. It's, so we I, might have we may have less than 10% of physicians that come out with any education at all. And most of them are getting it now. And we, and you know, and I do talk a lot about, I used to say this isn't an issue of morality anymore. This is an That's issue right. of biology, but my friends who have been doing this and advocating, they say it is an issue of morality because someone needs it. 
They yes. should be able to access it. That is an issue of morality. Yes. And, you so. know, so from mm-hmm. on the side of cancer treatment, yeah. um, there are studies out there that show that so many, even the people that ask for or have questions about the use and how it would benefit them, oftentimes don't even get answers to their questions from nurses or physicians. So are you still involved with that area of healthcare at all? Are you doing any advocacy in terms of I don't know what's going on with educating physicians. Is there anything? (laughs) Well, I am involved more. And so now I've gotten involved with the Ohio Medical Marijuana Physicians Association, Uh which is awesome. And so I'm trying to insert myself, you know, Joyce, as I can, where I, where, you know, um, where there's need or where I can advocate or volunteer anything in those areas. So I'm okay. doing my best to do that. Cause that's really, that's what's on my heart. You and, know? and that's what you have the voice for. I mean, you have this voice, you have this specialization, you're able to advocate in a way that, and you see people, you see the people who need your advocacy. That's really nice and good and imp- impressive. Really. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. But you know, I think if we can change any of that, um, and any of that stigma mm-hmm. around yep. that from a healthcare perspective, we got to do it. We've got to speak up and do that. But it's the insiders have to, again, you know, I say this isn't my natural habitat. Obviously, this isn't your natural mm-hmm. habitat. You talk mm-hmm. about this, but this is real. This isn't, it you is. know, we are living in the era of propaganda. This is a plant that can help all of us, you know, and the exactly. idea that people are not getting medical attention because people are making, I mean, besides from the racial issues, they're making assumptions about who you are. Exactly. It's, exactly. Again, I think it shows the ignorance of the medical community. So it does because they could have <laughs> they could have alcohol in their system and get help. Exactly. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Remember so, that. Anyway, so oh, that's your personal. So what? Uh, so wait. So when you decided to work in cannabis, so what was people? Your what? Did, what did people say to you? <laughs> hey, look, I became my kids, who yeah. I'm sure uh, would tell you that they have recreational um, history, you use yeah. history, were like, mom, you're lying. You know, that was the first <laughs> thing they said, you're kidding. And so I had to send them some evidence to show them. And I sent them some swag from MJ Biz. And they and now I'm the best mom ever. They even want to come visit. No, Me too. <laughs> they want to come visit and everything. And I was like, yeah, I bet you do. Mom, when you go to the next conference, can we go with you? I said, uh-huh, sure. So sometimes uh, I'm just sending them things. I think it's funny. I think my stock went up a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, my much better. Like, yeah. you know, my, kids, my kids were gone. <laughs> I was an empty nester, and they came back, and uh, they're like, Mom, there's no alcohol in the house. I'm like, but there was pot everywhere. Pot everywhere. I have been <laughs> stocking it up. I was like, my God, my kids are coming home. What am I going to do? <laughs> I know. I'm a little scared to tell mine I have a Ohio <laughs> medical marijuana card. They'll call often. <laughs> I won't be, be back. Able to get rid of them. Yeah. So you're just talking a little bit about MJ Biz, and I know oh. the last time we were supposed to meet, you were supposed to be doing your own conference. Yeah, so yeah. can you tell a little bit what that was supposed to be? What ended up happening, and you know, what do you sure. think is going to be happening in the future with that? Sure. So March, uh, we were going to host NCRMA 2020 in Vegas. And we had all of that set up. And then of course, COVID hit. And we had to make, you know, the decision. And as a risk management association, we felt, you know, the obligation or the need to come out ahead of it and make a decision. It was the first, so your show was, we talked about this before air, but your show was the last show I was did in the podcast studio and my mother had come with me because she wanted to watch me working which I mm-hmm. thought was funny yeah. and then you weren't there because your assistant called me in a panic 
because the world was imploding. So my mother was on the show. So yeah, that was the last time. Well, tell mom I said thanks so much. <laughs> she was yeah. a guest. She yeah. was a I'm she sure was she was. I'm sure she was. It was a crazy, crazy week because I, I know I lost sleep for about two days just going, you know, we're going to have to make a decision. We're going to have to figure something out. We had several speakers um, lined up and coming in a really good slate of speakers. And what we wanted to do was personify risk management and risk control through the different um, speakers that we had coming in. So that was- And we having people from across the country? Who's getting involved yes. with this? Yeah, okay. Yes, good. we did. We had, um, well, when we uh, surveyed our members, one of the things we talked about the top areas of risk for them, mm -hmm. believe it or not, talent optimization was one, access to capital, and right. then um, media. Who to trust in the media because there's a lot of voices, a lot of information, and so we tried to set our um, we tried to set the entire event around those areas. So That's, we had people I, I, from the, all the talent, Again, I don't. I'm not a business person by nature. This isn't where I came from. Although I did uh -huh. grow up in a business, I used to say uh -huh. my dad's company was our fifth sibling. And um, <laughs> Dan had one of those too, so yeah. that was our third sibling. It was like the business. It was like an, <laughs> another entity. So. Um, but like the talent optimization, like that's just, uh, that is so important for people to understand how the investment in time upfront, sort of that slow yes. process to make sure who yes. you're getting in works. That's right. It's so much, save so much time on the flip side. That's a good and lesson it, for people who aren't business people to understand. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're going to find quickly that, you know, your human capital is your number one expense. Yeah. With everything. Like I, exactly. you know, I, I ran for a local uh, uh, school committee seat years ago, but that was always the budget issue was capital are teachers. Yep. Like exactly. our investment, it's people. It's exactly. Not, it's never building. It's never anything except for it's always the people. Exactly. So, so imagine yeah. if we get this right in the cannabis industry. I know. Can you imagine? It but women have to lead, the women have to lead the way and do it right. All right. So, yes, we do. Oh, wow. We're actually coming up on my break. Sorry. Um, all right. So we've been talking with Tamela McBath of NCRMA, risk management, cannabis, and women, all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be back on the other side with, since Amy's not here, I'm going to do Joyce's favorite thing. A uh, few more words of wisdom, how you can reach her, and that's the show. So we'll be back on the other side. All right. So what we're going to talk about today are the My Jane products. And Amy and I um, each got a box, which we are going to be talking about in a minute. But I wanted to say the first thing I noted about the My Jane products, which are really special, these CBD products that are curated by women, for women, and are supporting women businesses, is the beautiful smell. Amy, when's the last time you got a box and you open it up? It was so fragrant. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, it was a lovely coconutty, vanilla-y, just a lovely scent. I love it. I have it on my hands right now. I have uh, the cocoa canna hemp oil body butter. So that's one of the products that's in there. Oh, and that's they're all one of the products in the box. And oh. there are lots of different, so these are all, they're different products that are curated by my Jane. They had, um, Right. So you were you, you had the girlfriend box. So it's kind of curated yeah, towards like um, like if you have like a friend, you want to give something to a friend or like a wedding gift, yeah, something like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, birthday gift, just a thank you gift. Right. Anyone that's interested in CBD and you know doesn't know what product to get, this is absolutely perfect. So what I kind of things are in there? Like how many things do you think? Maybe six things? No, there's like 11 or oh, 12 wow. okay. items in there. Okay. And there's also this gorgeous piece of jewelry. So I guess each box gets a different piece of jewelry and it's called uh, Purpose. And Purpose, so every time you buy a box and you, know, you get the jewelry and the proceeds, go to this organization that helps women, uh, girls uh, that were trafficked. Yeah, I sad. Mean, 
Yeah. It's so sad. And they make the jewelry. And I just feel like this is such a great way of like helping. You know, and, you get to shop and and, and, it, and within and in the package actually I think there's a, a little note that says the girl or some a connection to the actual girl who you're made the, yes. the jewelry. So it's just, it's a nice connection. So it's a it's a high end box. Lovely. The box is very oh. solid. My friend oh my who was gosh. just on said you could probably use the box as a stash box afterwards, if that's your thing. I think it's a, it's a perfect <laughs> stash, stash box. It's absolutely perfect. And we're talking about this a lot. So why don't you yes, go yes. To, in our notes. We, you can go to the My Jane um, mm-hmm. link in our notes or um, yep. check out their website. And if it's something that you're interested in, you can get a full box. You can get it for yourself. You can get it for a friend. You can get a product within it. So let us yep. know what you think because the Canon Mom Show, we like these products and we want to share them with you. All right. We're back. Um... Back with Tamela Macbeth. Uh, we are going to talk about my favorite thing this week, which actually came in the mail today. So I'm going to show you this. Oh, wow. So I can see this. Show and tell. Show and tell. So I am starting to line up season two. This is going to be my, you're going to be my almost last show of season one. But I'm okay. starting to line up for season two. And this uh, woman who owns a company called Old Man Goodies LLC in Maine. Her name is Daniel McQueen. She has the CBD subscription boxes. She was nominated as one of the best cannabis companies of the year. So you can make all these gummies. She sends this with a silicone little gummy sheet thing. Yeah. So that looks like something you would make ice cubes in, but they're much smaller, right? Yeah. Exactly. But it's much teeny, smaller. teeny, teeny uh-huh. tiny, smaller, like little right. teeny, yeah. tiny gummy bear sizes. And then it has a kind are of. They actual, are they actual bears? Because gummies. They look like bears. <laughs> are they? they do look, and, well, she. Yeah, they're definitely bears. Oh, they're bears. Okay, yep. Well, now, we, now we can bears. see. Yeah, yep, let's see the bears. Right. Wow, <laughs> yeah. They're definitely bears. And then it comes with a kit with step one, step two, and step three. And how you mix these things together. There's cherry flavor. There's CBD. <laughs> it's for 250 milligram total. And when you finish making all the little um, gummies, each one is five milligrams. And there's a candy coating. And this edible drink. This is 100 milligrams of CBD. Uh, rebuild and reboost. It can be in a tea, I guess. I'm not sure. I haven't tried it yet, but I could use it. That's amazing. I know. Joyce, I am so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) You have to tell people you'll talk about it on air and stuff disappears. (laughs) Exactly. Remember remember that. Send that to me. I'll do that on my next (laughs) podcast. I like that. My husband's like, are you ordering stuff? I'm like, no, people like to send me things. These are good. So this is an awesome gift. Anyone who's interested in making their own CBD, I think I might make some and give it to my mom who's still worried about CBD and is having yeah. trouble sleeping, but these could help. So Joyce, is the, is, the, <laughs> is the notion that you can, I mean, can you mix it in different strengths? Uh, in other words, is that the advantage of being able to make it yourself instead of just buying the gummies? I think it's more fun. It's just more fun. productive. It's you feel like, like you're doing it yourself. And it's like if you want to medicate yourself and you're a little bit, un- I mean, people are still nervous about the CBD world, right? Yeah. People, and they don't necessarily want to, and you, I always say don't go to the um, gas station and they don't necessarily know where to go. So this is a very good resource. You're getting high quality CBD. You know where it's coming from. You can make it yourself. It can be a project for an afternoon that you have nothing to do. And, uh, and it's you have a, something to show for it. It's like a grown up's version of having an easy bake oven. You know, it's just fun <laughs> <Exactly>. to do. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so it's Old Man Goodies out of Maine. Um, Danny McQueen is going to be my guest in the fall on season two. She has never told her story on a podcast before, so I'll be the first place. She's telling it. I know, and she's got a great story with this came out of, um, she she has an autoimmune disease. She was using to medicate herself, and then she Mm -hmm. needed to medicate her daughter. That's how this started. And she she needed to find a beverage and something her daughter would consume, and it started with hot chocolate. Oh, well, make sure that I know when that happens. I have a I have a daughter that has Crohn's disease. Oh, you do? And okay. That is really why I started doing even more research okay. into um, 
into CBD and some of the tinctures and uh, to find things that would help with her as she goes through this journey. She's only 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this must be similar. So again, mm-hmm. you know, I hear a lot of stories from moms who um, their children are sick mm-hmm. and they don't really know what else to do. And I, I was talking to my husband today. I'm like, would we have been brave enough to do that in a time of complete stigmatization to say, we're going to try something like this because I'm not an alternative medicine kind of girl. I play yeah. tennis. I wear pearls. I, yeah. you know, I, just, <laughs> I believe in Western medicine, I, but I don't know. I mean, um, I just, I, I'm amazed by people who are willing to try something, even though people are telling them it's dangerous and they're willing yeah. to do the research and figure it yeah. out. So it's impressive. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's my favorite thing today. And we're back with our guests. So let's talk about what you've been doing. You're saying you're doing a membership drive. You got this academy going up. Um, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, we're really excited. We launched the NCRM Academy. And so we have a full curriculum that uh, on risk management and moving toward um, certification, a national certification. So we started out with our CanSan course. It was cannabis sanitation and safety. Um, Our chief- That must be very popular now. Yes, it is. (laughs) That's sort of why we pushed it out a little early. Yeah, yeah. And our chief risk management officer, Alex Herding, um, launched the first courses. And so we have a few in that area. We're coming out with ergonomics courses, um, which are really going to be helpful, uh, you know, to uh, businesses and to employees. So we think that's going to really have a lot of traction as well. So we have um, content on compliance coming out. We have uh, courses that will be able to, um, that will be beneficial to all states mm-hmm. uh, from this is so French- important it's so complicated yeah. it's so yeah. complicated because each state is different and each municipality within each state is different so exactly any exactly. place where you get some good source of centralized information is very helpful for a business that's multi-state you yeah. know that's what i'm hoping as well and so in addition to that sort of what we talked about a little earlier we are going to do business governance we'll do talent optimization we're going to do medical marijuana and cbd um, and we've got some really great industry um, leaders that are uh, participating, giving content in addition to our team. So, who, so we're really you excited. Want, you about want to name name names? Talk about anybody? No, get no names. Okay, I can't give them yet, but you'll mm. be the first to know. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is news. I guess the can yes. is the news. Um, all right. Yes. So that's your thing, your membership, and um. So and then, yeah. Oh. I was going to say, and then uh, right on the tail of that in July, we are having a membership okay. uh, campaign. And so we'll be getting a lot more information out about that on uh, social media. And then, you know, I know how to get it out through you and oh, that yeah. sort of thing. And, and um, who, who, so are you, who are you trying to reach? Who's your target? We are trying to reach uh, cannabis businesses. Okay. You know, new, stable, second um um second level businesses. It doesn't matter. We just want to be able to reach that, grow our membership, get the resources out and uh, be able to help the industry. And make, and make this a real industry. I mean, yes. a real, this is a real industry. This I say this every show. This is an American industry that can is. save the economy. It can save our health. It can save exactly. the planet. It can give me a job. It's all good. <laughs> the whole thing is good. So It's all good. It's all, it's all good. good. All right. Well, this was awesome fun. Um, so I will probably be tuning in and watching you, even though everyone will have missed it by now. Once they hear the show, I'll turn you on this Friday to see what's going on. And um, I just want to thank you for coming on today. Wow, Joyce, it was totally worth the wait. 
It was. Yes, it was worth it for me. I'm so glad, you know, we that we connected, but totally worth the wait. And I'm just glad it happened and looking forward to what we do collaboratively oh, together. Absolutely. And send my regards to Rocco. So. I will. <laughs> He's going to be so happy to hear his name. I'll tell you. I'll put him in the show notes, Rocco. I'll I, link it I, in. I'll I put know. a picture of you if you want. I can do exactly. anything you want. <laughs> we'll dedicate this uh, podcast to you, Rocco. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just teasing you. Okay, so from my guest, Tamala, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach you? Oh, sure. TJ McBath, M-C-B-A-T-H, at ncrma.net. Okay, and that'll be in the notes for you. Um, I want to thank my Canada sister, Aim, who couldn't be here today. Yeah, thanks, Aim. And my Canada bro, Dave Gaz. <laughs> Always your bro. I think he's my Always my bro. No, no, You're going to have to be mine, too, now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Sign I'm, me up. Okay. I don't, right. know, I don't have a lot of men connected. I had one male guest and Dave, so that's how we go. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to discriminate. I was attorney. Okay, so <laughs> I want to thank Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canada Mom theme music. Our business team, Kelly Dolan of Retail Results and Laurie Lennon of Thank You Beta Media. Our attorney, Kim Kramer, and of course, the Cannabis Creative Group. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can of story at a time. I'm Joyce Gerber. Please follow us on social media and subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.